0: The following podcast is a green, fresh media production. Hello, 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 my friends. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others. I'm your host, Alexis Barber, and today we are chatting financial and career tips for your 2022. So I had a whirlwind of a year when it comes to both finances and career, and I want to share some tips with you about, one, how to manage your money and get to a better financial place, and two, how to navigate your career so that those things can be possible for you in whichever world they are. So we're going to get started with finances so, finances is something that I n- had literally no guidance for growing up. And I really want to speak to you about what it was like to sort of come from nothing, but what you can learn from that, even if you do have a great, you know, place that you're coming from. So, my pillars of finance sort of go like this like, one, like, you've got to start with your basic financial principles that are, you know, like, Investing in retirement investments, whatever. Then another pillar for me is having a comfortable life. And the third pillar for me is having boundaries with the people in my life that are either spoken or unspoken that can help me retain my financial stability. So, starting with those core financial pillars, I've talked about multiple times on my YouTube channel as recently as December 1st. So, check that out. But you want to start with one, setting up an emergency fund. Two, paying down your debt from highest interest to lowest interest. Three, investing in retirement, and four, investing. Period. And so, over the last year, I was able to accomplish. I didn't really have any debt, or I guess I had a little bit of credit card debt from furnishing my apartment. So I paid down debt from highest interest to lowest interest. I was able to max out and you like know, you do all my like four hundred one k my retirement investing, and I was able to build an emergency fund, which is three plus months of expenses and have that in a high yield savings account. So for this upcoming year, however, I really want to focus on investing. So I'm going to share that journey with everyone probably on my YouTube channel, but investing that extra money I have because it really does nothing to sit in your bank account. I mean, you all have seen the inflation numbers, like inflation's up like 6.8% or something, and the interest that your money gains and it's sitting in the bank account is less than 1%, so you actively lose money if you don't put it in the stock market, which averages returns of 8%. So, crazy shit, you know? You got to you got to make your money work for you. That's how rich people stay rich. So, those four pillars are where you're going to want to start with your financial systems, and then the next thing that I would focus on is living your comfortable life and by comfortable For me, that means automation. So when it comes to money, I do not want to be checking my bank account every day. I want to swipe my card when I want something, know that I can have it, and be fine. And that, for me, was a hard place to get to because I didn't have the means for the life that I wanted. But now that I've created that and I've sacrificed a few things and I have a separate income from influencing that really helps me do whatever I want, please, sometimes, is Automation. So I've harped on this a million times. The book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, really helps you do this in a very clear six-week program. So I'd highly recommend checking that out as soon as possible if you are looking to rehab your financial situation in 2022. So The way that I do this is I have, like I've told you before, my three bank accounts, my spending, my sinking funds, and my payments bank accounts that go to my bills. I have a few different credit cards. I use credit cards based on the points that they give me in certain areas. So I have two older credit cards that I don't really use a lot, but I have one that I use for Uber and for food, and that just automatically gets paid off in full every four weeks, Um, and I get points on everything I get from that. And then I also, of course, have like um, other credit cards that are helpful for groceries or online orders, and I am able to use those. And so now I really feel like my finances are in a place where they're automated to a point where I really don't have to check in too often. And I think that that should be a goal for you because, as a former partner of mine, Elvis said, so many women worry so much about finances, and that takes away our ability to fo- funnel our brains into much more important things. So I would say it's a very it's it's an act of self care for you to be diving into your finances and creating systems that work for you. There is no flexibility without systems is pure chaos. So if you want to be flexible, if you want to have a chill day-to-day routine, I think you really need to dive deep into your money because I mean, I wasn't comfortable with money in- until this year. Literally until this year and sometimes I'm still like, "Oh shit. This is crazy because I was I grew up in a place where I was constantly worried about having resources." So those are the first two pillars for me which are, you know, following that very you know, tried and true financial principles, then setting up an automation in a way that's going to help you minimize the amount of time that you spend focused on money. Um, most important here as well is to set a list of priorities and boundaries. So when I say priorities and boundaries, this is what I mean. So in order to set boundaries, you have to set priorities. And when you're doing this automation phase, a big part of that book is talking about what makes your life comfortable, what makes your life happy, your rich life, whatever. So his example, Ramit, in the book is that he does not care about where he lives in New York City. Like he does not care. Like he doesn't need like all of these fancy amenities and shit, but he does like to stay in five-star hotels whenever he travels with his wife. They love travel, et cetera, et cetera. So Ramit's going to spend less on rent so that he can save more for five-star hotels when he travels, right? So what? that's his rich life. He doesn't need a, like, a super expensive downtown Manhattan apartment to feel comfortable because he gets to travel. So for you, you got to think about that yourself. What for you is the thing that makes you feel like you have a rich life? Is that going to dinner with friends and being able to cover the bill for everyone? Is that being able to fly to visit your family every month? Is that having fresh flowers in your apartment every single week? Whatever it is, those things are going to become your priorities. So after taking care of your basic expenses, of course, where can you cut in those basic expenses, et cetera, et cetera, like for example, um, for me, I was looking through what my rich life would look like for 2022 after I got a raise, and I was like, I want to move into a one-bedroom apartment so that I can entertain people, have people over, etc. And then I thought about the money that I could save staying in my studio or have a great, great deal. And for me, having that money invested and really getting to a place where I know how to manage investments was more important to me than having that one bedroom where I could potentially entertain because I knew that getting to that place where I would be able to challenge myself mentally and learn more as well as, you know, have that money sitting there for future me was going to be more of a priority. Even though having a big, beautiful apartment is a dream of mine, I don't need to realize that dream right now. So sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's not like, oh, I don't care about fresh flowers or buying coffee, so I'm not going to do that. It's also like, If I was given these two options, like having a good amount invested in a really positive way or having a really nice apartment, which one is going to matter more to me? And sometimes it might be the apartment. It might be the apartment because I'm only 23 and why would I save my money when I can spend it? Whatever. Those priorities are then going to lead you into your boundaries. So boundaries are super important for you because as women, we often love to give and giving often means that we are spending more money on other people than we should. So when it comes to going out with your friends, that is an expense. It's an expense. Whether you live in New York City, whether you live in Chicago, wherever you live, spending money on going out is a big expense. And sometimes you just got to spend it because your friend just broke up with her boyfriend and you are all going out and getting shots, right? Sometimes, you have a boyfriend and you want to treat him to an incredible meal and you're going to spend your money to do that. I beg of you to come up with thresholds for the giving that you're going to do in 2022. I beg you to come up with thresholds for the self-care finances that you're going to do in 2022 and check and see which one you're spending more on and get a little more money more money over to your self-care because Women need to take care of themselves. So – I beg of you to do those two things where you set boundaries for how you're going to treat others, set boundaries for how you're going to treat yourself, and set boundaries for how you're going to invest in your future self. So for me, deciding not to move into a bigger apartment was investing in my future self. I also set boundaries for how much I'm going to spend on Christmas presents next year based on how much I spent this year. I also set boundaries for how much I'm going to spend on birthday presents for my, yes, seven siblings. And I also set boundaries um, with my boyfriend. We make this decision together about how much we're going to spend on each other going forward because we definitely, I think we love doing experiences for each other. And sometimes that can be expensive. And we both have a similarly like high income. So it makes sense for us to sit down and make that decision. So neither of us go overboard. And if you're in a serious relationship, I think that's a really good decision to make. Every couple is different, by the way. Um, I think when you're a woman in a relationship, there's lots of different narratives being thrown at you. Like one, you should always split everything to feel equal or two, that men should pay for everything forever. And I think it's up to every single couple. Like I agree that men have way more privilege and should pay for everything for to up to an extent but Jeff and I came from similar financial backgrounds so we have to like set those boundaries for who pays for what with each other as opposed to like based on some external arbitrary rule but girl if your man makes more money than you and comes from wealth you better make him pay for shit because girl not this you know white privileged male finance background they can pay they can pay all right anyway that's my financial advice I want you to really think about setting those goals within those four original pillars. I want you to think about your rich life, what that looks like for you realistically this year. Set those priorities and set those boundaries so that you can have a great 2022. If you want more specifics about how I manage my money, then check out my YouTube video where I talk all about it from December 1st. Next, let's get into career. So if you all don't know this, I actually switched careers over the course of the last um, year. And I was previously an associate product marketing manager an APMM at Google, which is a very, quote, prestigious, end quote, program at Google that um, people call me crazy for leaving, to be quite frank. And I was in a role that was fine. The program itself, I did not feel was giving me the skills that I needed besides, you know, managing corporate life to get where I wanted to go long term. But as I talked about in a recent podcast episode, I didn't really know what I wanted either. So the biggest piece of advice I can give you if you are young, in your 20s or in college or, you know, any in that 18 to 25 range is that you are in the driver's seat of your career. No one's going to tell you what you want. No one's going to tell you what things are going to look like in 10 years. No one's going to give you the best advice. Only you can make decisions for your career going forward. And if you know that you don't like what you're doing right now, come up with a plan to change it, okay? That is my biggest piece of advice because this time last year, I was just going with the flow. I was like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I have the prestige of it. There's no need for me to like, think long term like I don't really know what I want whatever and it's okay to not really know what you want and it's okay to not really have it figured out but if you don't that demonstrates that there's need for some self-reflection because if you don't really know what you want you're letting other people dictate your future for you and if I would have let that happen for me I would have been working in roles that did not fulfill me and I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to apply and be accepted into the role that I'm in now, which is an incredible role that I'm so grateful for, that I'm so passionate about. And if I would have let the barriers in my previous role stop me from getting this new role that I'm in now at YouTube, then I would not be in this place where I have a great work-life balance, where I'm fulfilled by the work that I'm doing both at work and outside of work. So that's my big piece of advice is sit down and be the driver in the car of your career. That sounded so freaking lame. So freaking lame, but I'm going to say it anyway. But yeah, you really, really do not have any excuses when it comes to your own career. You have to do it yourself. You have to show up for yourself. And there's really nothing that anyone can give to you when it comes to fulfillment there's nothing anyone can give to you when it comes to advice when it comes to your career so you have to sit down and decide what you really want and a way that I often do this is through imagining where I see myself in 10 years so when I'm 33 years old what do I want And sometimes you can go all the way down to the finances of it. I want to have seven children and they all be in private school in Switzerland. Think about that. And think about what careers actually align with you being able to provide that for your future six children. That's just an example. I would rather die than have six children because I'm the oldest of eight and it was horrible. Anyway. It wasn't horrible. I love my siblings, but I'm just saying it's a lot of work. So for me, in 10 years, where do I imagine myself? I think I want to have a beautiful, lovely house somewhere in the U.S. that I get to decorate and renovate and live in. That's so how I want to have my dream home. I want to have gotten married and had a wedding that I really loved. And I don't know if I want it to be a real wedding or if I want it to be traveling with my husband. I don't know. But I want to have those things and I want to be in a place where if I want to start a family at that point, I'm capable of starting a family at that point. So that's going to dictate how my career decisions go right now. Because if I want to have all of those things, I'm going to need a certain level of financial stability and a certain level of work-life balance to really accomplish that. And so in my previous role, were those things going to be possible long-term? Absolutely. But the fulfillment still wasn't going to be there. So then you have to sit down and think about what really gets you going. What would make you wake up in the morning and be okay with working on it, happy with working on it, whatever. And not every corporate job, I've said this a million times. Corporate jobs don't always fulfill you. They really don't. And you're very lucky if they do. So then you come to the trade-off. Is you having your beautiful house in the suburbs um, with lots of beautiful marble imported from Italy or whatever the fuck, is that worth you working 80 hours a week at Goldman Sachs? For some people, it is. So if that's the case, then you have to just be comfortable with that trade-off. So it's really about identifying what's going to drive you long-term and short-term, and then you can get to a place where you feel comfortable in your career. As for some tangible tips for how to maneuver your career and decide what you do and don't want, I would highly advise you to start with those big questions so that you have a clearer vision of what you're zoning in on to find. But a few things are viewing people's roles on LinkedIn. As someone who says no to the majority of my requests for informational interviews, I would really encourage you to find as much free information out there as possible because most of the time when you're hopping on an informational interview call, you don't really know what you're asking, do you? You really don't. So if you have the opportunity to do that and it's not going to inconvenience people, then I recommend you do it so you can get a clear vision of what's possible for you. But in the same vein, there's so much free information out there. Read people's books. People who you want to be like, I guarantee that they have a book, they have a blog post, they have an interview of some sort. Read that. Find that information. Get into it. Figure it out. Then you're going to want to take those things and apply them to yourselves and then craft a resume, craft experiences that will help you get to that place that you want to be long term. So if, for example, I've met with someone who wanted to be a social media manager, but her entire background was in law. So what do we do there? We start reaching out to influencer friends or we start, you know, building a social media presence of our own that will demonstrate to people that we know how to work in social media. You know, you can't just show up and be like, yeah, I want to work in social media, but like I'm literally just a lawyer. No, like you need to use the skills that are around you. Fill those gaps in your resume for what you're applying for with the plenty of resources that exist from LinkedIn learning to Skillshare to just doing it yourself and starting it yourself. You've got to fill those gaps and get to where you want to go. Reaching out to people on LinkedIn always going to the networking call, always being very kind, always being professional, responding to people within 24 hours, one page resume. Those are all basics here. And I think I've done a YouTube video about them in the past. For building your career in 2022, just remember it's not always going to fulfill you. It's not always going to be the center of your universe, but when you are working towards that and finding it, remember that it's all up to you, which is a great thing, a wonderful thing that you should be grateful for and know that anything is possible. Literally anything is possible and always ask for more. So that is my financial and career tips for 2022. Please DM me if you have any questions about this because I love answering your questions. I love you so much. Have a fabulous day. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I really appreciate your support. So please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. It helps me out so much. If you like this, check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber. And don't forget to follow the show at you are too smart for this on Instagram. Have a fabulous day. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself.